Bill Street Caravan is brought to you by the generous support of the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau. Memphis, home of the blues and the birthplace of rock and roll. I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you're listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. On today's program, we spend the entire hour with Bill Street Caravan all-star Jimbo Mathis. A perennial favorite of ours, we like to think that artists like Jimbo personify what we're about here on the program. It makes me want to sit here and just clap my hands like, Jimbo Mathis, Jimbo Mathis. <laughs> His roots run deep, and he brings it every time he steps on stage. After the break today, Pat's going to sit down with Jimbo, and they talk about life and music, so be sure to stick around for that. Also joining us today is Bill Street Caravan contributor Eddie Hankins. Eddie will be continuing his series on Chip's Moment and all the hit songs that came out of his legendary studio. The series is called American Studios, Memphis's Hit Factory. And that's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Let's talk about Jimbo Pat, maybe a little context and perspective before he hits the stage. Well, that's easier said than done. I think he's had a career that most folks would envy, yes. but not in this linear shape or fashion. It's kind of hard to build a narrative <laughs> on Jimbo. Jimbo Mathis, non-linear. That should that's be probably the his best. next album title. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally Jimbo. <laughs> well, let's start with the now and sort of work backwards. Jimbo's been putting out his most recent records on Fat Possum Records, which Really, it's I think it's a great place for him to be. Fat yeah. Possum lets their artists stretch and do things that most record labels these days don't usually allow. Yeah, they do give a lot of freedom. Artistic freedom. <laughs> his efforts have definitely been something special. He's been able to take his lifetime of music immersion and distill it into his distinctly Southern style. Everything from hill country blues jams to full-on stop-your-feet rock and roll to ballads that would make George Jones cry into his hand. And when an artist is able to blend that many styles and that many influences together into a singular product and sound, it's because of the songwriting. You can almost boil Jimbo down to that. He's a supremely gifted songwriter, yet he's not crafting works for other people like a lot of songwriters do. He's telling his story. And so if you strip away his energy and voice, to me, the songs just aren't the same. That's very true. And speaking of the voice, this morning I had this revelation I wanted to share with you. Jimbo sings just like my grandfather did. <laughs> the voices, it's like eerie how similar they are. So are you saying that Jimbo is a little old man on the inside? Maybe. I mean, my grandfather <laughs> was, was a minister, and, and he would lead the music as well, and he'd stand up in front of the church, and he would sing in this this raspy, almost moaning voice. I mean, the church I grew up in was like very distinctly you know, southern <laughs> in Memphis, and, 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 and the music was just powerful. And, and when I hear Jimbo sing, it, it sounds just like it. It's crazy. Well, one of the things that we have a lot of around here, uh, and I, I don't know if it's a uniquely Southern thing, but I, I don't think so. We are just fortunate in this area. We have a lot of characters. Uh -huh. If I were to write a book, and one of the reasons Jimbo's such a good storyteller is because he can sum up these characters and put stories behind them and tell their perspective and everything. But I think that that gives us Jimbo today who Jimbo is right now. And so now that that's established. We can work backwards and maybe we can connect the dots to where he came from or where all this music came from. 
okay, you've got this pretty remarkable evolution of records that goes back about a decade, beginning with the Knockdown Society's Songs for Rosetta and stretches to this most recent album, Dark Knight of the Soul. During that stretch of time, there's a long, long list of side projects. Like the South Memphis String Band with Alvin Youngblood Hart and Luther Dickinson. Great project. And his amazing work as a sideman on Buddy Guy's landmark records, Sweet Tea and Blues Singer. No doubt, Sweet Tea is probably one of the most important blues records of our generation. And Jimbo is all over that record. He's kind of like the glue in the whole project. He also operated his own studio for a while out of Clarksdale, Um, and produced countless records and cool records. And I came across one by accident, I think it was last month, that was this sort of raw North Mississippi-style like gospel record. It was amazing. The the name escapes me right now, but it was an amazingly raw, powerful record. Well, preceding all of that, there was this time with the Squirrel Nut Zippers. So there's this kid from Mississippi consumed with all these musical influences. He goes to college in North Carolina, and what's he do? He starts this crazy roots rock band, and they take over the world. They're huge. They still are, in a way. I mean, their their fans are still loyal to this day. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. It's always a good show. And in today's performance, let me point out that Squirrel Nut Zipper's bassist, Stu Cole, is playing with Jimbo again. Stu is this amazingly funny guy, and he and Jimbo together are quite the pair. The conversation is always, <laughs> you never know where it's going. And sometimes I scratch my head and go, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> but that just makes it all fun. We've talked about Jimbo enough. Let's get to some music. Here's Jimbo Mathis live on Bill Street Caravan. What a great day in Mississippi.
Are you with me out there? If you're feeling good, say yeah. Oh yeah, right.
folks just tuning in, you're listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today's program is made possible by a generous donation from Bridging the Blues. Find out more info about the music and culture of Memphis and the Delta region at bridgingtheblues.com. Today's program is also made possible by support from Southland Gaming. Southland, you bet we're closer. Here's more from Jimbo Mathis, live on Bill Street Caravan. I was worried one time I'm not worried anymore From the minute I saw you walk through the door I said to myself When I first laid eyes on you, girl You shine like diamonds and you flawless like a pearl You shine like diamonds and you're my girl I was Shine like a diamond, you flawless like a pearl. That was Jimbo Mathis live on Bill Street Caravan. Pat's going to be sitting down and catching up with Jimbo just here in a moment. But first, we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor Eddie Hankins. Eddie is continuing his series, American Studios, Memphis's Hit Factory. It's brought to you by WEVL-FM 89.9, Memphis's volunteer and member-supported radio station. The American Studio series covers a remarkable period in music history where producer Chips Moman cranked out hit after hit after hit, all from his little studio just a mile or two from where Pat and I are sitting. Eddie Hankins is a veteran DJ at Weevil. He's been doing his show down in the alley for more than 20 years, and he's become quite the expert on American Studios. 
He and others at the station, including Brian Craig, WEVL's program director, felt like the story of Chips and the studio needed some dusting off. People needed some reminding. So they played a huge part in bringing the history to light again, including having a historical marker placed at the site where the studio once stood. And I personally believe it was all this attention that also made sure that this year, Chips moment is being inducted into the Memphis Music Hall of Fame. I agree. WEVL is a remarkable institution around here, and you can stream the station online at WEVL.org. Here's Eddie. Thanks, Kevin. Unlike other legendary Memphis studios, such as Sun, Stax, and Royal, home of High Records, American studios did not have their own in-house label that was the main focus of their work. Over the years, they attempted multiple times to establish such a label, but these attempts in general were unsuccessful. For this reason, American concentrated on producing hits for outside labels from New York City, Nashville, and elsewhere. One of their most consistently successful label collaborations was with Atlantic Records out of New York. One of the greatest rhythm and blues record labels of all time, Atlantic had been home to such legendary stars as Ray Charles, Big Joe Turner, Ruth Brown, and more, not to mention had been the national distributor for Stax Records from 1960 to 1968. In fact, this distribution agreement had been forged while American Studios founder Chips Moman was producing some of the earliest Stax hits. After the Stax Atlantic partnership collapsed in 1968, label A&R director Jerry Wexler was searching for a new Memphis base of operations. He called up Chips Moman and scheduled a session at American for one of Atlantic's biggest stars, the wicked picket himself, Wilson Pickett. On this session, the 827 Thomas Street Band was augmented by piano player Bobby Wood, who would soon cast his lot full-time with American, along with a new face in the studio, a former Sam Cooke protege newly relocated to Memphis after a long dry spell in L.A., Bobby Womack. They proceeded to add two top 10 R&B hits, as well as two top 25 pop hits, to Pickett's already impressive resume. Womack was instrumental in this, as he penned three songs for Pickett during these sessions, including this top five R&B number, which was also the title track of the album these sessions produced.
Another Atlantic Records artist who made the trip down to Memphis was former Otis Redding protege Arthur Conley, who came to America in early 1968. According to a story told in Memphis Boys, the story of American studios, Robin Jones' detailed history of the studio, Otis Redding himself had hinted before his tragic death in December 1967 that if Conley's American session went well, that he was contemplating recording there, which would have been sweet revenge for Chip's moment on his former employer, Stax Records, to steal their biggest star away from them. As Conley's session was indeed successful, garnering him a top five R&B and a top 20 pop hit, one can only imagine what Otis Redding could have done teamed with Chip's moment in the 827 Thomas Street Band. Here's Arthur Conley with Funky Street. Legendary songwriting duo Dan Penn and Spooner Oldham provided yet another Atlantic Records artist with not only a hit, but a theme song of sorts as well. As Penn relates in Peter Goralnik's Sweet Soul Music, some of the Atlantic crew were working on a session for the Sweet Inspirations, when someone from Atlantic decided to take not just a lunch break, but a long lunch break at a fancy restaurant across town. Penn and Oldham had been working on a song playing off the name of the group and Oldham, along with studio guitarist Reggie Young, contributed a riff that would later be reworked slightly in Suspicious Minds by Elvis. The band had hit a solid groove in the music just as the lunch break was called. Penn couldn't believe it, but instead of getting mad, he got even. By the time the guys from Atlantic got back from lunch, Penn announced that the song was in the can and ready to go. Don't you ever take a lunch break on me, he told Goralnik of the session that produced this R&B Top 5 and Pop Top 20 smash, which was also nominated for a Grammy for Best Rhythm and Blues Performance by a Duo or Vocal Group. I need your sweet 
for Beale Street Caravan. Thanks, Eddie. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but we'll come back and have more from Jimbo. In fact, we're going to sit down with him. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Street Caravan is supported in part by awards from the Tennessee Arts Commission and Arts Memphis. We're back and we're about to hear more music from Jimbo Mathis. But before we get back to the show, Pat's going to sit down and talk music and life with Jimbo, so let's listen in on that. Well, hello, Jimbo Mathis. Hello, Miss Pat Mitchell. How you be? I'm wonderful. I'm so glad. <laughs> Me too. I've never been better. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Y'all just played a great set. We captured it live here at the Mighty Mississippi Music Festival. This is a pretty awesome festival. Pretty nice. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on the show again. It's been a, a, a while been since a while. I've been on here. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I, I have to say that about our locale, that I always love shows that are on the river. There's something about being right next to the Mississippi River that just, I don't know, it's something about it. The Great history of the music, or mm. I don't know. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. Yes, it is. Well, for us down south, the river is, is everything. You know, you're used to the river being a presence. I'm curious, do you ever go to, um, if you're in a city for a while that doesn't have a body of water near it, do you feel off kilter? 
<laughs> well, I, I feel off kilter pretty frequently. <laughs> no. You know, you came from a musical family. Yes, ma'am. And so you've been around music all your life. Mm-hmm. Were you at that point playing on the side or were you? Well, I was so young at that time. I just, I, I knew I had to work in the world. So music was an option, you know, music wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in music, but you didn't make money doing it. You did it for fun and for the family and the the reunions, the picnics and the stuff with the family, you know. Yeah. You never thought you'd make any money at it. So I was doing it, A, for the experience. I wanted to know the real deal about the world, you know, and I want to make some Skrilla, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You couldn't make any money in Mississippi in 1985. There was no money to be had in music, period. Yeah. We're talking about going back a few decades now mm-hmm. but I've always enjoyed the South I like the work of the South I like the people of the South and being on the boats and everything just gave me a window to see a whole other world that has stayed with me to this day and um, I can sit here on this riverbank and just I'm just sitting there reminiscing about the days when I was a deckhand and all the things I saw and the weather and the people in the in the shipyards and everything you know that you come across the music you know, that you see from Louisiana and the bayous up in there pushing oil coal barges and stuff around, you know. Yeah. You really see a lot. I really enjoyed it, but it's just part of, uh, I think, being an artist, you got to know how to work hard, period. Definitely. If you're going to be an artist, you can't be half-stepping. So I at least knew that. <laughs> well, did what was the point where you went, wait a minute, this music thing... Maybe, I I mean, was it because Squirrel Nut Zippers did very well. Every incarnation that we have seen of Jimbo Mathis has been an amazing musical experience. And I I just wonder, when did you go, yeah, music, I think I'm going to do this as a career. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking it, but I wasn't telling anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it, about 14, I started writing songs. Right when I was 14, it really hit me. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't tell anybody, but I knew I was going to do it some way. It just took a while to figure out where to go, how to go about it. And uh, Mississippi has changed since those days, too. You know, in, in, in those days, in, in 1983, there was a couple of festivals mm-hmm. in the whole state, period. There was no, nobody wanted to hear any, any kind of music then, you know just cover bands and stuff like that so what's changed it just took a slow kind of grinding on people to let them know hey you have got something important here you know look at sam phillips look at muddy waters look at robert johnson look at charlie Patton. look at ike turner look at all these great things that everybody else in the world has appreciated we're the last to appreciate it right yeah the rolling stones you know what i'm saying that's right here in in uh, cahoma county you know muddy waters right Rolling Stone blues, right? So, I mean, it, it took us to the end to find out. But now I think through the trail markers, through the education, just kind of people getting on board with the, the culture that we have here, it's a different scenario now. You know, 30 years later, it's changed, you know. And I think a lot of us do with educating people, encouraging our tourists to come in and, and encouraging the people to engage with the, the other people who know more about it than us, you know, um, I think it's changed. It's a war of attrition. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, throughout this, this whole process, this is all about music storytelling. 
It's all storytelling, and you are a storyteller. I, I never know, but I can sit across from you and go, hmm, I can see your wheels grinding and what you're thinking, and I'm wondering what's going to come out is going to be abstract or if it's going to be something that I immediately recognize as ha, ha, ha. I never know where, where you're going, but I'm curious, for you, this songwriting process, how does it work? Yeah. Well, that's my main thing, and that's what I decided when I was 14. You know, I knew that it was going to be my music that I was going to do. So, in other words, I had to write it and create it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all, it's what I do. It's my main thing. As a writer, I, I sit here, uh, I look, I hear, I listen, I write down little notes. Uh, I've been doing it so long now, it's just a great release to me to, to put ideas on paper to hear them come across when I'm with the men in the band and hear them come out, it's just a great feeling of release, a feeling of freedom to do that. And so I write a lot, like tonight, you know, I was singing about Tallahatchie. I'm singing about who will sop my gravy when I'm dead and gone. So every song goes back so deep into me and then I'm pulling it out of there. You know, it, it may not seem like a lot, but to me, it's very important because it's expressing something that I really want to say. Yeah. And uh, I'm not making a big deal about it because I like I learned early I wanted my music to have a friendly feeling. I didn't want it to be a real heavy thing. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be fun. I want it to be I'm kind of an introverted dude, believe it or not. And my tendency was to kind of be real shy and private, but I realized that my music had to be outgoing and had to be friendly it had to be a social music you know and a communal type of music mm-hmm. and um and so i got to write about things that people that are close to me can jibe with like my peers my friends you know i try to please them first and then see what everybody else thinks you yeah. know but i'm gonna try to write about something that's real close to the bone to my people I learned that from Charlie Patton and from all the roots music that I grew up doing, the music that's close to people. That's what they respond to, the things that are in their DNA almost. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a really interesting thought because uh, it makes me think about how for many people, let's look at the news, for instance. You know, if you look at the news, you've got a lot of fear mongering. You've got a lot of entertainment related things Mm -hmm. it's not really the deep issues they don't Mm. get into that they get into Mm. what sells and so you're looking at this from a lot of different perspectives and everything how do you take something that is a much deeper issue and make it into something that people can digest Mm -hmm. That's the songwriting craft. I mean, that's what you put in the crucible. You know, you put this heavier ideas in. And, you know, I do work with some heavier ideas uh, on my new record. I've got some pretty, pretty heavy stuff I'm talking about on there. And like I say, it's just a, it's a crucible type thing. It's like an alchemy type thing to me. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, words and have so many layers of meaning to words you know you look at like the romantic poets where this every word is just embedded with meaning the english language has so many different meanings they can influence people like the weather like a windstorm or like a rain or like a thunder you know words are that powerful so i mean how do you do it i don't know but it's i guess a fool you know who pursues his folly you know maybe someday will be wise (laughs) (laughs) and and, and i'm still hoping for that you're still working for that i'm still working on that but you know like again music has that ability 
I think what a lot of other things can get too heavy and too deep for people to just have a fun on a sunshine day like today, a beautiful day. People don't want a, a whole lot of stuff going on. They just want to be kicking it, be happy. Yeah. And music can, can I mean, it was the original groundbreaker for our culture. Music broke the racial barriers. It broke the stereotype. It's yeah, broken everything down. Yeah, it just yeah, it's throws it, it all down. away. And it, it really does. And uh, I was blessed to just get on that path, get focused on it at an early age, and it was really just no turning me back on it. And then, like you say, with the zippers, I had some success, but I w it wasn't about the success to me. It was about the process. Here I am, 47-year-old now. I feel like I'm about halfway there. You know, I, yeah. There's a lot of things I want to talk about and a lot of things I want to say that I hadn't said yet. And uh, today might be the day. I mean, I could, I could, it could hit me like a bolt of lightning. I well, could say what I finally <laughs> wanted to say after after all these years. And I no, quit. Then, then I be done. Yeah, be you'd done. be done then. <laughs> so in the in the process of that, of all the the acts, all the the rebirths, there's a new injection of something into the music. Oh, let's do it this way, or let's try this, or and everything. And I always feel like Jimbo has so much to say, and there's just not enough time for you to say it all. <laughs> I pick my battles. Yeah. I pick my battles on what I want to say, you know. But uh, I guess there's only there's just one life that we have and that we're given right here. So I just feel like I know what I need to be about, and and it's about studying, reading, reflecting, putting that back out in my music and in my life. I mean, you know, art is not everything. Art is just a part of the big picture. So the music really is not the main thing. It's the life. You know, and, and, and where we're going, uh, where I'm going, where I feel like I'm being drawn, in other words. And, yeah. And it's just down this path, uh, using music as my communicating, using music, songwriting. Uh, like right now, we're sitting here to talk about what we're talking about. <laughs> you would never, you would just talk to somebody casually and you would never get in this kind of conversation. Uh, but the music is the, the starting point. You know? Yeah. For you, you're on the road constantly. I mean, it, it's like crazy. I, I think that your poor band, you give them one or two days off just to tease them, and then you guys head back out. For meanness, yeah. <laughs> you head back out, so you're constantly staying on the road. Working, yes, ma'am. Yeah, constantly, and that's just a life, you know. You got to be out there doing it, moving around, talking to the people, playing the sounds. So that's the life of the musician. It suits me pretty good, you know. I like <laughs> it. Well, I'm curious, you play so much. How do you introduce a new song into the band? <laughs> I mean, because, you know, very, I, I, you very know, casually, you, you've always got these ideas and everything and they're coming to you. And well, I'll tell you, I mean, now it's so great because I'm on Fat Possum Records. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in Lafayette County. That's where I'm born, conceived, everything. I, I, and so now my label, Fat Possum, is is there too and i've got their so they're support. out of oxford you're yes, outside of oxford they support me so much and so i mean the past two or three years um uh, i go to the studio they have their own studio mm -hmm. it's like 10 miles from my house oh that's nice in water valley mississippi you know i live in taylor uh bruce watson he lets me just uh he allows me the privilege and patronage and support to go and just demo songs as they come to me so i can come on a few scraps of paper Go in there and work with a couple of cats, 
and just do some sketches. So I've got, you know, songs coming out all the time. Yeah. Uh, so usually, I mean, I'll just, you know, at this point, I'll just give the cats a CD and go, here's 30 songs, you know, let's see which ones y'all like, you know, or, or see what Bruce likes. I feel like I have a real patron, in, you know, in, in them, mm -hmm. and a real, real support. It's been a blessing to me. So I'm about to do my third record on Fat Possum uh, coming out in 2015. So I guess the boys are probably just, they don't know what I'm going to do next. Yeah. They have no idea what it's going to sound like. <laughs> they like, just oh, take it as it comes. Yeah, yeah, they just let it, let it roll. Is let it rock it and roll? Is it blues? Is it country? Is it gospel? What are we going to do with it? And, and uh, Fat Possum has really allowed me a lot of freedom and liberty to just be doing what I'm doing now and try to make a new name for myself mm -hmm. and so but in about the mid 2000s you know i just i, I just snapped i said something went in me i said i haven't done what i need to do yet yeah and i've got to get a band together that can do the songs that i'm writing that can go with me all the different ways i want to go so shoot that's 10 years ago and i'm still working on it for a lot of people who don't live in mississippi who don't have any knowledge of the state of mississippi their perception of the state is some backwater, you know, oh, those folks down there, that's the South. You Racist. Know. Yeah, it's just so, oh, those people, they're so Backwards. divided. They're mm. so, you know. Mm. But in the years that I've had to hang out with you and Cedric and RL and Kenny Brown to be in that circle, it, it does not exist with you guys, not at all. And you never feel as though there's any separation. The first time I went to, you know, one of Otha Turner's picnics, it, it was, oh my goodness, this is so great. And, and yet there's this perception of the state and you guys are just so different. And so I, I just wanted you to comment on that. Well, I mean, music has been the pioneering force of the South, to, to save the South, to me, the culture, the music. Yeah, we were divided. We were divided by so many things, but people tore that down. They didn't believe that anymore. Music was one of the big things to do. Of course, Martin Luther King, civil rights, everything had to come in and stand on their neck to get that done. But music was in the door first to me. Look at Elvis, look at Sam Phillips, look at Dewey Phillips, mm -hmm. DJing and spreading the music around, making rock and roll. Look at Chuck Berry, you know, look at, look at music. You can't be in the past in the South anymore. That's done. You've got to be forward thinking now. We've had to deal with so much to get ahead, to get to where we are, to get a little breathing room that I think we are in a better position than any other place. Yeah. I really do. We got problems? Yeah, of course. Everybody's Every, got problems. Everybody's got problems. I think that we have really done a great job of turning it around. Other people's perception? Fine, let them think we're stupid and ignorant. It's like Br'er Rabbit. Don't throw me in that briar patch. <laughs> Let them think it. As I travel and as I go through the world, Pat, I'm just constantly reminded of how lucky and how blessed I am to be from Mississippi and to be in the deep south of the roots where I am. That's my power. That's my strength. You know, I've got a home. I've got soil. I've got a river. I've got things that are important to me that I can draw from, you know. Uh, I've got a culture, I've got a region that's so unique and so cool, and it's really starting to flourish. I think our time is just coming up over the hill right now. I, I really do. 
I think that's interesting that as you list the things that are the priorities that are the blessings that you have, it still goes back to some of that age old wisdom that we have as human beings mm. that, you know, a connection to the earth, a connection yeah. to a something that's, mm. yeah, mm. that is, that is not the technology driven world that we live in and these false things. It's this solid thing that's in front of you and that is the thing that stays and not these things that are fleeting that that is definitely found in many a religion and many a (laughs) you know i mean i think we still get the short end of the stick but i don't care I, i think people can come down here and find for themselves and when i go i try to be an ambassador for the south you know when people talk to me and they ask me questions you know i'm i'm, I'm willing to talk to anybody be it in boston be it in california canada uh i'm going overseas this this fall you know and uh like cedric like lightning like all our boys here today yeah. they're ambassadors for for us you know they 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 talk about us they represent us and i do the same (laughs) being from memphis we are very close especially the delta of arkansas and mississippi there's a close relationship you are the capital of yes as they say (laughs) there's no doubt about it and um the culture is is wonderful here and with that said let's wrap this up because i'm gonna go get a tamale (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much thank you jimbo for sitting down with me What an amazing character. You said it. I love that guy. I love talking to him because there is just a a little bit of you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, Jimbo's always got you on the edge. But he's <laughs> so, in, it, in a way, it's in his laid back attitude because you feel like so much is bubbling up inside. You're waiting for it to just erupt and go over the sides. But he seems like he's so in control, but maybe not. So <laughs> it, I love it. I love him so much. <laughs> well, let's get back to the music, Pat. Here's more from Jimbo Mathis live on Bill Street Caravan.
the cannonball Soon on an early morning He told his fireman Won't you please Make my fire yo, Come on Turn to his conductor Just as the sun was dawning It's gonna take a fast train, baby To ease my worried mind Gonna take a fast train, baby To ease my worried mind Gonna take a fast train, baby To ease my worried mind Gonna take a fast train, baby To ease my worried mind so much, Mississippi. Appreciate y'all. Wherever you come from, wherever you hail from, we're here today. We've got a great day of music, fellowship, friendship, drinking. I think we got time for one more, so we're going to send this out to the state of Mississippi, particularly the Delta. One of my own songs, and we love y'all. We appreciate it. I think this is our last one. And Mr. Stovall, tell us what to do. Give it up, y'all. For folks just tuning in, you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today's program is made possible by a generous donation from Bridging the Blues. Find out more about the music and culture of Memphis and the Delta region at bridgingtheblues.com. Here's more from Jimbo Mathis.
Baby, when I'm moving Good friends, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Thank y'all so much. That was Jimbo Mathis live on Bill Street Caravan. What a great program. Well, special thanks to all of our supporters, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, and the Tennessee Arts Commission, Bridging the Blues, and Southland Gaming. Their support makes Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You don't find programming like this anywhere else. And give us a shout, too. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check in with us there. We've always got great updates and special features that are related to our current programming. Next week on Bill Street Caravan, we're going to have the unique blend of rock, blues, and funk that only Eric Gales can give. Bill Street Caravan contributor Eddie Hankins will continue his series on American Studios, too. Until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.